1: Good
2: afternoon. You're listening to Gambling with an Edge. Now here are your hosts, Bob Dancer and Richard Munchkin.
3: Good afternoon. Welcome to Gambling with an Edge. I'm Bob Dancer.
4: And I'm Richard Munchkin.
3: Today we are celebrating the 25th annual Blackjack Ball, which has been hosted for surprisingly 25 years by Max Rubin, who is here, and the winner of the Blackjack competition, the world's greatest Blackjack player, has also been a guest on this show before, Daryl Purpose, who Richard knows rather well. So, Max and Daryl, welcome to Gambling with an Edge.
1: Hey, thanks. Good to be here again. Thanks for having us.
3: All right, Max, starting with you. This was a very different blackjack ball from the first ones. In what way was that?
1: Well, the first one was... Uh... 32 players in my basement at my house and we had all kinds of competitions down there and it was pretty raucous affair. And uh, they continued to grow through the years at my house till we got about 70 people and kind of outgrew the ball at my house. So we moved to another place where we could have a party for 110 to 120 people. And that's been going on. That went on for another, oh, I guess 16 years, 18 years. And we got bigger and bigger and we had, we were having the silver anniversary blackjack ball. And in conjunction with that, we have put together a uh, charitable foundation, charitable company, uh, 501C3, and we needed a bigger venue. And we picked the biggest and nicest venue that would hold the amount of people we needed in Las Vegas. And we had it there and people paid to come for the first time a an actual entry fee to get in the door and it was two hundred and fifty dollars a seat. They came in and they came from Australia, England, all over the United States, from Hurricane Torn Florida to you name it, they came and it was it turned out to be a spectacular event and we just had a terrific time at the place. We were there for seven hours and had gourmet food. People dressed up in tuxedos and women just turned out to the nines. And it was a completely different event than what we've had in the past.
4: We should um, we should mention that this whole uh, 501C3, well, first of all, the idea was uh, originally floated by Blair Hull and um, Blair raised the idea with us and we all thought it was a great idea. And he really spearheaded it and offered to pay for it himself to get it done, which he did. Um, And the idea behind it was that the people who come to the ball have all benefited so much in their lives from gambling that we wanted to give something back. And we thought that the people we should try to give back to are the people who are really damaged by gambling. So, you know, each year we will partner with a charity of some sort um, toward that end. And this year it is a new center at UNLV for the study of, Max, do you remember the name of the actual center?
1: Uh, Center of Gambling Studies and Health,
4: and health, right? And health, yes,
1: it is, and it's, uh, yeah. So it's the UNLV Center of Gambling Studies and Health is the group uh, that we provided the money to, the profits, and, or
4: we will be. We haven't done the final accounting yet, but that's
1: how we're going to say that. But uh, mm-hmm. those yeah. are the, those are the recipients of the profits we made.
4: Yeah. yeah. And we don't know what the total is yet, but it will be a minimum of twenty five thousand dollars.
1: Right. Do we address the fact that we also had we sold tables and all that sort of thing? Does that matter? Tables were sold for ten thousand a piece and we sold a number of tables and had other donations, that sort of thing.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right.
4: Yeah, the two fifty ahead would not have covered the cost of the of the place. So didn't
1: cover uh, the cost of dinner. All
4: right. The what? It well, it didn't, didn't cover, cover the cost, cost of the dinner.
3: dinner.
1: No, right. it didn't. didn't cover the cost of the Ruvo Center at all. Not even close. Uh. We were in about 325 $340 per person there because we had to rent the center. It, that cost us 8500 We had to pay for the audiovisual. That was close to $6,000. That was right off the top. The dinner itself was $135 a person. The drinks were another $10 an hour per person for seven hours. So it's just, it added up quickly. But it's a part of that money goes to the Keep Memory Alive Foundation. And that goes to people that need help for their, you know, brain afflictions, which the Cleveland Clinic Keep Memory Alive Hospital down there, the Rubo Center. Uh, that, that's what they do and a number of people that were at the ball have actually been regular customers with them too i won't mention any other names but i've been down there before and been tested for a variety of things and it's uh, they're just terrific what they do so they made money off of it but they should that's what the center's there for
3: so this time the uh, questions instead of just being read were displayed, there were audio-visual of, uh, there was much more professionally done than we've seen in the past. And Richard was a huge part of this. I suspect without Richard's input, Max, you could not have done this. Correct. So,
1: uh... Munchkin did
3: a lot of the heavy
1: lifting, making sure all of this stuff got taken care of.
3: Yeah, I said several times, I said, anything I can do, let me know. He goes, yeah, I'll let you know, I'll let you know, I'll let you know. But he never let me know.
4: So... uh, You know, the problem is, like, on that subject, uh, Blair uh, said to us, like, you know, you guys shouldn't be busting your ass doing this stuff. We should hire people to do it. But the problem is, you couldn't hire people to do this stuff because they wouldn't have a clue. Like... The, I mean, other than, I guess the one thing they could do would be to send out the emails and, and get the responses, but the rest of it, they wouldn't know how to set up the questions for the contest or a Calcutta auction or design the games for the final table. The, you know, um, it's very hard to delegate any of that stuff off.
1: Yeah, it would take longer and be harder to tell somebody else what to do than to just. Roll up our sleeves and do it ourselves.
3: Yeah. So we mentioned Blair Hall. He was given a special award at this uh, Shindig. What was that?
4: Muchkin.
1: You want me to do uh, it? Yeah,
4: <laughs> you go ahead, Max. You,
1: uh... Uh, this was a special award given, but for all the work he had done at uh, you know the. Uh, tireless energy that he put into this and the money he put behind it and forming our 501 C three. Plus he had been a, a force in gambling in his youth. Uh, he had played with the original Al Francesco teams as one of the original big players or BPs. He had been playing a bit prior to that. And then he went on and played computers and had teams and did very, very well, took that money and, Gambled in a little bit different way and joined the Pacific Stock Exchange. And before the smoke cleared, he sold his business for five hundred and thirty-one million to Goldman Sachs.
3: That was a lot of money
1: back in nineteen ninety-nine.
3: Yeah, and it meant a bit then.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of adds up today. And he wound up staying connected with the gambling world and went back and then came up with this concept that we would do something, along with Bill Benter, that we would do something for the problem gambler. And Munskin and I fumbled around with this for about six months, and we weren't getting very far. We had a company that would do jiffy ones for you, and it wasn't going anywhere. And we told him, so he turned around and hired some white shoe attorney firm, and they did all of it, and he paid for every dime of that. And in having our conversation with Ed Thorpe prior to doing the welcoming address uh, on Zoom, we asked him what he thought about having the Ed Thorpe Lifetime Achievement Award for blackjack, and he was all for it, and we managed to call 13 existing members in the Blackjack Hall of Fame, and he was unanimously selected to become a member of the Blackjack Hall of Fame and receive the first occasional Edward Thorpe, Edward Thorpe Lifetime Achievement Award for blackjack.
4: Yeah, you know, I I I want to say that one of the highlights of the uh, ball for me is for the last ten years Ed Thorpe has been coming to the ball, and this year uh, he just turned ninety, and he I mean he still looks fantastic, and um, but he said uh, if he gets COVID, he told me he figured he had an eighteen percent jo- chance of dying, so um, he just didn't want to take that risk so i recorded a video of him uh you know who who had a a little bit of a uh welcoming speech to everybody to the ball which we played at the beginning um so and hopefully uh he'll be able to come next year
1: And ed thorpe being ed thorpe he didn't just look it up or figure it out he wrote a paper on it and he sent yeah. that uh, much good at an I. And he even broke it down that he had a 50 times greater chance of dying than one of the average attendees at the ball who was in his 20s. And, and so he had it broken down. He said it just wasn't worth the risk right now for him to come. But maybe next year if the pandemic is really in a, arrested.
3: All right. One of the features of the ball is the test for the world's greatest blackjack player. This consists of 21 questions that in round numbers are impossible. And it wasn't nearly as good this year as it was the last several, because they used to let me submit three or four or six questions. and They didn't let me do it this year. So, you know, they weren't as good, but be that as it may, we had a uh, interesting questions now, Daryl, purpose, which is the reason he's invited here today ended up winning that competition or actually a subs- he qualified in that competition and won a subsequent subsequent competition so Daryl, which was your favorite question among the 21 or which one was more most interesting?
2: Oh gosh I guess I I enjoyed the question about how much a million dollars in cash weighs?
4: And um, I nailed that. <laughs> he's not yeah. saying he's carried a million dollars in cash before. Not he's just not saying not not he nailed the question. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> no, I uh, i was, Daryl and I were at the same table. And uh, one of the other people at the table said something to him. And uh, Daryl, you said you thought if you could get to the final table that you would be a favorite but you could never pass the test.
2: Yeah, the, these damn questions that Max comes up with, they're, they're, they really are impossible. And, you know, how much does a million dollars weigh? That was one of the easy ones, right? So yeah. they're very hard. So I, I have a system where if I don't know, I don't guess at Max's questions. And I have a system of randomizing my answer. And I, I, I always knew that one year, <laughs> one year, I would my random guesses would come out well, and this was my year. <laughs>
1: what was so amazing, I didn't think they were that tough. We have seven true-false, seven multiple-guess, and seven fill-in-the-blanks, and our top score was 11. Was it 11? That's maybe what you 12. got. One, maybe 12. We had one person at 12, maybe?
4: Actually, <laughs> wasn't it one person got 13, but they had left something blank, so they yeah, were, they were disqualified?
1: They tore to up their card. Now, you can't leave them blank. And one year they left some blank and somebody made an advantage play and a friend of theirs got a hold of the card and they just filled in the blanks and scratched some out. So we have a rule that any answer that's been changed or marked up or just left blank, it, the test is invalid. So somebody was a little bit sour. Oh, Anthony Curtis got the highest score. That's right. Sure. Anthony Curtis came in with the highest score. That happened to be the first one out at the final table too, but we'll get into that later. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's not a surprise that Anthony got the highest score. He,
1: no, it never uh, is. That's why I have him go off so high on the uh Calcutta because he's just so good. He knows so much about everything. It it's hard to stump him a lot a lot.
4: If he there gets- are questions about uh gam in the gambling world. Right. Actually I'm- one of my uh one of the questions that I really liked was the um the question about six to five blackjack, that one of the big objections of civilians to six to five, they hate the fact that you can't take even money. So the question was, um, you know, what would it cost the casino to give even money on a, on blackjack on a six to five game? Like, what would it cost them if they, well, I think you were to, it was worded the other way. Like what, how much does the player's EV change if, they were to get even money and it was a multiple choice question um but anyway uh because the answer was 0.06 so it was like you know ridiculously it would cost them nothing to allow it that
1: you know? uh, it's six cents on a hundred dollar wager and it's a one and a half percent disadvantage game and anybody plays it plays at least a half a percent worse than that so House is already making $2 for every $100, probably three, but some of those players. And they don't want to give up the six cents, which is just nonsense because players complain about that. And I think they ought to offer it all the time. So even money on blackjacks. you bet. Oh, that pe- the players would think that's just great news. And it yeah. doesn't cost them anything, but they won't do it. And my favorite question was, didn't have a lot to do with blackjack, but in the 1950s, Vegas called itself the Up and Adam City, and casinos invited guests to come out and see live nukes going off night and day. About 75 miles out of town, there was a beauty pageant to name a maiden to represent the festivities. What did the annual pageant winner earn? Either Miss Adam Bombshell, the Atomic Showgirl, Miss Atomic Bomb, Miss American Freedom, Miss Nevada Freedom, and Miss Up and Adam. And the right answer was Miss Atomic Bomb. And I showed some pictures and it was just astounding what Vegas used to do. They, Benny Binion sent them out from his club. We had some of the postcards, and we had, we had pictures of that, and the Pioneer sent them out. And people would go out, including my wife. When she was a kid, they would take them out and park their cars like going to the drive-in and watch the nukes go off. And just only in Las Vegas would they market live nukes. And they set off 100 above-ground nukes outside of Nevada up until 1957. And you got to go see them. And I felt the nukes up until nineteen eighty nine, or so. eighteen nineteen ninety, they they set off underground nukes. But you actually got to go watch the nukes go off with your family and friends. And and that the, the uh, advertising said fun for the entire family. And bring them all. Let <laughs> <on. laughs> the kids watch the nukes go off. Isn't that great?
4: By the way, I thought it was a great addition to have all these huge monitors in the room where we could put pictures of things as part of the questions you know we never had that ability before in the past
1: no they have they have just a terrific world-class uh audio visual system down there where they did all sorts of things and uh, played certain tunes during the questions i won't mention because that's probably a little bit of copyright infringement with would put on, but they had, they were doing some really remarkable things and playing entry music when Munchkin and I would stand up and talk or the winners were there. And it was, it, these these guys were just, you could tell they were world-class audiovisual people from out on the strip and whatnot. And it, it turned out really, really well with that.
3: One of my favorite parts was the Ruvo Center itself. It's at uh, Bonneville and... I
4: guess Grand Central?
3: Grand I was gonna say
4: I think it's called Grand Central, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's just um west of downtown. It is a very strange exterior and uh of things going all over the place and really shaped and and it's a medical center. And so we're wondering how do they have that kind of exterior? where the inside are doctor's offices. And so, when I got there, I found out that that the weird part of it is the exterior of the ballroom, which is where we had the party. So, in the ballroom, you saw the inside of those weird shapes. And to the side, in a different area, you have a normal building for office, for doctor's offices. But did not real when I, I drove by there hundreds of time when, how in the hell did they have an turn that into a medical office building? It made no sense to me. And so now I know the answer. Right.
1: right. And they design Frank Geary designed that building and they put that there as a fundraising mechanism for the, uh, keep memory alive foundation. And they make lots and lots of millions of dollars off of that room that they, that goes toward, uh, treating people with a variety of uh, mental deficiencies, but primarily things with loss of memory. And it's uh, Louis, body syndrome, Alzheimer's, senior dementia, Parkinson's, and a variety of other things. And they're generally regarded as one of the premier uh, brain uh, centers on earth. They're really good
3: so after everybody took the test and anthony got 12 right and a couple guys got 11 right and a bunch of people got 10 right and i thought i was in that group but apparently i only got nine um so the final table or people who try for the four spaces at the final table there's gonna be six people so they had to break down The bunch of people, turned out there were four of them trying for two spots. And so what they tried to do was Richard had them get a a state with an Indian casino in it. And so they would go, somebody say California, somebody would say New York, and they would keep going until they repeated one or it didn't have a state. So had I been up there, I would have kept Nevada in my back pocket because I'm pretty sure there's one of them near Laughlin, the Avi Casino, but which is relatively unknown. So I would not have done that in the first three or four rounds, but I didn't get up there. So it's moot. And if I ever do get up there, they'll have a different tiebreaker question.
1: So, um, well, Bob, as you're bringing that one up, I also looked up and the Virgin Casinos here in town, Virgin Casino. That's owned by the Mohegan Sun, and they're licensed in Nevada.
4: And the That's Palms what? is owned by uh, what? Maranga. What's it called? Is it Yamaha, the Manuel San. Used to be called San Manuel.
1: Right, San Manuel. So there's pretty good presence for Native American gaming. Most people don't know that. Now, what and I found I interesting. Not... Go ahead. I would Bob. not
3: consider them gaming. The Indian gaming because they're subject to the same rules as the other casinos are in Las Vegas. In every other state, Indian gaming kind of makes up their own rules. So we can argue whether or not that's considered an Indian casino or not.
1: Well, Bob's being a nitpicker, but the problem is at the blackjack ball, there's a room full of 150 other nitpickers too, so you've got to be right. So you're probably right, Bob. If I had to use those... I, I
4: guarantee that, yeah, that, that that topic would have... If those were the only native in Nevada, that absolutely would get argued about, you know, for hours uh, at some of the tables there.
3: Yeah. But Avi would qualify in in any case. So uh, yeah, Yeah. So that's not it. All right. So now you know, we have
1: our, our six. I was just going to say, you have to be so careful writing these questions because... The math heads that are in that room, and the people that live by tenths of a percent, they know the answers to these things, and it's particularly when they're math questions. And you better have them right. That's why we have Grossgene help us out a little bit, and of course Munchkin, who's a mathematician in his own right. No, but, I
4: am not. God
1: no, I'm not a mathematician. Well, compared to me. <laughs>
3: yeah. They had one question I- where it was multiple guess and the first four overlapped it was how much was made at a the average blackjack table maybe it was on the strip and one of the choices was less than 500,000 another choice was less than 600,000 another choice was less than 700,000 so obviously if it's if it's c for 700,000 the other two have to also be So the last one was over a million so stupid bob dancer and his big mouth says Munchkin, these are not mutually exclusive. He he had no choice but to say, maybe that's a hint. And I'm going, shit. Uh, I just told everybody the answer. But
4: um, Well, no, no, no. But there was, one of the choices was under 900,000, which that could have been the answer. Um, but if that
3: is true, if you also put under 500,000, that would be a correct answer.
4: No, it wouldn't. It what if it's 899,000?
3: Uh okay. Then the other way around. If
4: you put No, there are two possible answers, under 900 or over a million
1: or less than 500.
4: No, but then uh, a b c d and e would all be correct. Right,
1: you're right, you're right. I was just reading it again. Okay, you're right. There were two possible answers. Muskin and I went around with this one for it. We put it on there. And decided to do it, so
3: Okay. So now Wonderful. you have a skills contest and we are going to get to that as soon as we have a commercial break.
1: Okay, uh, as we do, we might want to talk about the uh, tiebreaker a little bit more because some people, choke's an ugly word, but some people just choked. They weren't listening because someone had said Arizona and they repeated Arizona after going through just five people and there were 38 different casinos they could have ne- or states they could have named and some people just repeated what they'd already heard and it, it got winnowed down very quickly. But well, of- it,
4: it wouldn't be the first choke uh, in, in this competition, which oh. uh, we'll, we'll get to right after the uh, commercials. Okay.
3: The South Point has more than 10,000 games, returning at least 99%. This is more such games than anyone else has. To celebrate the upcoming South Point 400 NASCAR event, the October promotion is logo merchandise you get by earning. 1,800 points weekly on any machine, Monday through Thursday. Limit one per player. Must pick up your own gift. Uh, The gift for October 10th to 13th is a man or woman's polo shirt. 17th to 20th is a folding chair. 24th to 27th is a quarter zipper pullover. If you earn and pick up all four gifts, you receive $100 in free play, which will be on your card at midnight to midnight. Sunday, October 30th, and Monday, October
4: 31st. If you're serious about card counting, the Blackjack Apprenticeship membership is a great way to learn, train, network, and get the resources you need to succeed. We've had quite a few guests on Gambling with an Edge who exclusively trained and got their start through Blackjack Apprenticeship. Check out their website at blackjackapprenticeship.com. They have member forums, training software, and guides to help you learn. There is one more Blackjack Boot Camp in 2022, so there are some spaces still left open. So if you are interested in the Blackjack Boot Camp, you can find out more at blackjackapprenticeship.com.
0: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
4: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
3: Videopoker.com is the best place to play lots of games. If you sign up for the gold membership $8.95 a month or $79.95 a year, this allows you to get correction on most of the games. The game of the week is Super Triple Play Jackpots, and it's a game for those who wish to gamble. It requires seven coins per line. First extra coin bumps up all values for the quads. The second extra coin provides you with a wheel spin whenever you end up with any of these four of a kinds. Since these Four of a kinds only come up around every 420 hands or so. It's a heaven or hell experience. If you don't get many quads today, you will not like this game. If you do, you will. If you come across such a game, Super Triple Play Jackpot, and don't know how to compute the return, you can enter it in a regular video poker software, and it'll come out to be 130% or so. You then take that number, multiply by 5, and divide by 7, And that will give you the actual return.
4: If you're interested in getting an edge at sports betting, then unabated.com is a great resource for you. Founded by frequent gambling with an edge guests, Captain Jack and Rufus Peabody, unabated.com is designed for both new and experienced sports bettors. Their real-time odd screen tools and calculators take a lot of the guesswork out of trying to quantify your edge. There is also plenty of free education and instruction to help you along your journey to become a sharper sports better. You can currently take advantage of a seven-day free trial to decide if the premium membership at Unabated.com is right for you.
3: All right, before we get into the final table, Max, did you find anything interesting about the plan to get the, those last few t- seats at the t- table?
1: Well, certainly with the play-in, they, well, choked. uh, Richard had said before that, you know, people can choke in the past, and they did. All they had to do was list one of 38 states that has some some form of Native American gaming, and they got through one round of five or six guys, and they started repeating the names. And Arizona was the first one that was said twice. And we lost a Blackjack Hall of Famer, a very smart guy. Don Schlesinger said he just didn't hear it because he was thinking about what places it would be. And there are so many out there. But it didn't last very long, did it, Munchka?
4: No, no. As you say, I think we only went through, yeah, maybe six uh, six people before we had eliminated two. And um, six, seven, I I don't remember exactly. But, but yeah, and then we, we got to the final table.
1: I was hoping that they would get through all of those 38 because then the next tiebreaker was you had to make up words from anagrams out of Blackjack. And there's 42 of those that are legal uh, Scrabble names. And I was hoping they'd have to do that. I thought it'd be very funny, but we didn't even get close. We'll never use those. That would have have
4: been a nightmare to keep track of, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, You You can mark them off. I've got it. I had it set up. But anyway, we'll see. One year, we'll get to that.
4: Uh, I, So one of the things that was really really nice this year is the final table you know it's always on a blackjack table and people are crowded around it and they just can't see what's going on and here we had the blackjack table up on the stage and we had an overhead camera with a guy who could pan and tilt and zoom and so people in the audience, there were huge monitors and they could see exactly what was going on. So that was really nice.
1: And we had 180 people and they could yeah. they could all watch the show on these giant monitors. It, it was just outstanding. And then we got into the finals competition, which Richard ran and he can tell you all about.
4: Yeah. Well, so the first, the first uh, one it. Yeah, yeah, I I was just getting to you, Daryl, because you've been very quiet. (laughs) Uh, Feel free to jump in, you know. But anyway, so the first competition was estimating the number of cards in the discard rack. You want to take it from there, Daryl?
2: Oh, you want want us to give the play-by-play of the whole uh, event?
4: Well, or just what, I mean, we're going to talk about each of the competitions and you well, know, what, what I
2: like about it is just that um, you know you're standing up there and it's it's kind of just a game and it's kind of fun. But you're actually actually we're really testing real blackjack skills. And you know I found myself wow I'm in a room, you know of two hundred of the best blackjack players, the best gamblers in the world in tuxedos, and and I'm competing for the best blackjack player in the world. That's kind of that's not, not completely serious, but it's fun. And, um, you know, there's friends and colleagues and legends out there. Some of them are all, some of them are all three of those things, actually. And, uh, you know, you've got Frank Schiappone, uh out there and you got Ed Thorpe there with a, the video uh, message and James Jean and so many. And then all these young guys, you know, who are in the casinos a lot and they are really skilled, you know, they're programmers and they know what to do in the casino. And it's very... So it was, it was just kind of a big deal. I'm just trying to paint a little picture of the the drama and, and the, the pressure, pressure on uh, everybody at that finals table. And it, I mean, it turned out that that's what happened. you know, a lot of people, nice people, they were all nice people at, this, at, the, at the table and, 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 you know, all the people involved, all the people at the event, I thought were really special, nice people and very talented people. But at the finals table... You know, there's just a lot of pressure and people just choked. And because we had an elimination style, people just kind of dropped off one by one by one, you know, uh, including the first one you asked me about, Anthony Curtis, who, you know, is the last guy you you would think would choke. But, you know, they. you asked us how many cards are there, and I think it was about two decks, right? And And Anthony was off by about 40 cards. And so he was gone, you know, one down. It was like, it was like Survivor, right? Or I've never watched it. Yeah. it, isn't, it isn't
4: yeah. Did you have any, when you got up there and and one of the people at that final table was Anthony Curtis, he's been to the final table. How many times, Max? Seven, eight? Yeah. Seven, eight now. I mean, did, <laughs> did that cross your mind or you were just like, it's game time. I'm focused.
2: Yeah, I was very focused and I wasn't worried about Anthony. He, he, he would, he does really well on the test that's why he's at so many finals tables right I knew it. and i I'll I will not get to the finals table very much but I knew that if I did get to the finals table I would be able to uh hold my own
4: right right so the yeah so he 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 choked and uh, and he was gone go ahead Bob the
3: next text Richard places a black six at the bottom of a Single deck of cards, doesn't matter if it was shuffled or not. He tells the people they get to cut one card. They get to cut the card at least nine. And then he's going to deal one to each player. And he asks, they can do two two positions, three, four, five, however many they want, presumably less than 14. And they want to get that six to the dealer's bottom card. Uh, and how close do they get? And so they go through. The first guy was um, one away. Uh was a guy named Stan Potter. No, no. One
4: guy. Oh, you mean the first guy at the table? Yeah.
2: And I mean, you know, why don't we let Daryl talk about this? I mean, we can go faster than that. We can just say that everybody was within two cards. And I was, uh, everybody was one card away. I think we had one person at zero. But then two of us, me and one other player, were two carts away. So it was between the two of us. I almost got out of the competition right there. It was between the two of us. We had to have a playoff. Well,
4: wait, wait, it was more dramatic than that because after you cut, I, you know, I asked, how many hands do you want me to deal? And yeah. you said four or five. <laughs> and I said, yes, four or five.
2: I was sure that's the correct answer, four or five. <laughs> yeah, right and i was and, right it was the correct answer but i picked the wrong one i picked five and it was four so i was two cards off yeah yeah it was fun so you had
4: to play off you had to cut again with the
2: uh right i thought everybody did really well on that uh element of the uh yes. of, you know i thought you know somebody's gonna be off by somebody's not gonna even know what we're talking about here you know i i haven't m- played that move and. 25 years and I just thought somebody would be up there and not even know what you're talking about really and just be off by three or four or five but nobody was that everybody did really well and I left out with the the playoff and and uh, we moved on
3: the next question is one they don't usually use at the blackjack ball all the other ones are regulars in the final table but this one was how well do you know whole card strategy so you they tell well you there
4: was they- a setup to that. And that is, you know, there are um, these people that I would call internet blackjack experts who uh, will say things on the internet like, oh, well, if you see the dealer's whole card, what to do with the information is obvious. And so this was a test to see how obvious it really is. So it was a, I'm sorry, go ahead, Bob.
3: Well, go ahead. Uh, well, the first one was, you know the dealer has 17 and you have a pair of nines. What do you
4: do? Actually, no. No, that's not right. Uh, the first one was, you have a pair of threes and the dealer has a 5-3. And um, this is a uh, double after split game, a single deck. Uh,
2: hits off 17.
4: It, yeah, it hits off 17. Resplit aces. Yeah, not that those are relevant, but um, yeah. So that was the first one. And now, Daryl, you played a lot of whole cards, but mostly it was like...
2: A long time ago. A long, <laughs> long time ago. I looked at a chart in a long, long time. But when I did look at the charts back in my 20s, I, I studied them, you know, so I did, I did kind of know them. But everyone got that first one right. But the interesting thing to me is the second one, which was two nines, um, you've got two nines and the dealer has a, a hard 17. And what do you do with those two nines? And the great thing is, is I I just released a blackjack song, a little plug here, but called Eddie and Jules. And in the song, there's the lyric, you know, in the song, our heroes start to play whole cards and there's the lyric, know the house has 17, know what 18 is. There isn't that, there there's, lyric in my song and there it was you've got 18 dealer has 17 you want to split those nines no don't split those nines you know but somebody did i forget who it was but somebody did say split the nine
4: yeah it's hard to get more you know when you have 18 and they have 17 it's hard to get more than a 100% edge you know so (laughs) so yeah we lost uh we lost another at that point we lost wrx Yeah,
3: the
1: uh, wasn't WRX that one uh, WRX stayed, and he played in the final championship against Daryl the third that was that stand that went out.
3: Oh, that would
1: have been Vagabond. Vagabond, right. Oh, then we got to memorization.
4: Yeah, that which you know that's one of my favorites. Um and so for this we we spread a single deck across the layout and uh the players are given 30 seconds to memorize as many cards as they can. And they all have their own deck of cards so that, you know, okay, card number 1, everybody puts out face down their card. <laughs> and uh go ahead daryl
2: well as i said one guy uh i guess got it wrong on the first time which was it was anti so anticlimactic because it would have been a very fun thing if it had gone many ways you know i memorized about i think i had 12 or 13 cards but you know it's a it's elimination game so really you got to play low variance and you really want to memorize the first few especially but I was hoping it would go be very dramatic, and we'd get to the fourth, fifth card, sixth card, seventh card, and everybody would have it. But um, I, I don't know who it was. But it, the first card that was, was
4: the Dan of,
2: Yeah, the first card was the king of clubs, and one guy put out the king of spades, and it was over. He was out.
4: So then it was down to just you and WRX.
2: Yeah, you know, and, you know, here I am, you know, I haven't been at the finals table in a while, but I always thought if I got there, I could do pretty good. But, I, I, you know, I got I got in there and everybody's so nice. And it's, uh, you know, it's such a nice it was a very, quite an upgrade at the ball this year. I thought the whole thing was was so special with everybody in a tuxedo, 180 people. We were bigger than we we used to be. And it just seemed like it, most everybody was there and the food was really good. But um and here we are, you know, here I'm at the finals table, and it just happens so fast, you know. It, it was like you get to the finals table, six people out, 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 choke, out, and all of a sudden I'm standing there with one other guy, and they say, The finals for the championship, we're gonna count down a deck. I'm like, What? <laughs> <laughs> Keeping in
1: mind a lot of people don't know at one time Daryl was the fastest counter on the planet. He could run and decks in, in what a minute and 12 seconds, you can count six decks? What was your I have.
2: It's, it's in that song I'm talking about, Eddie and Jules. Eddie counted six decks in a minute 19. Now, I'm not really Eddie in the song, but in that at that moment, I was remembering that I counted six decks in a minute 19. But I've counted a single deck. I've gotten eight seconds on a single deck. Now, it's tricky how, how you can do that, because mostly you can't even fan a single deck in eight seconds, right? So what you have to do is towards the end you just have to scan the last 15 or 20 cards and take a picture of it in your head and then say stop and now you're counting the cards that you've just scanned as the person is saying okay it's eight seconds what's the count and you're like <laughs> it's it's minus one <laughs> a lot of a lot
1: to do in your mind under pressure with everybody watching
2: we had a, we had a, back in the day. We had a lot of contests among ourselves. We bet a lot of money on who could count a deck down fast. And I, I, you know, I I won a lot. <laughs> I won a lot of those. And, and so I, I was I to hear to hear that the finals was going to be about counting down a deck. I just thought, oh, okay.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> and I really so you mean, thought you uh, had it at that point.
2: I, I thought I had it, and I, I I just needed to make sure not to not to choke, not to get it wrong. You know, that would have been embarrassing. Actually, at that point, at that point for me, you know, sort of known as one of the fastest or the, you know, kind of been called the fastest card counter. At that point, I had a lot to lose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I'm sitting in the sound booth, sound video booth with the operator showing him what to zoom in on. And I said, Daryl's taking a long time for him. He's fast. And you were, you were pretty careful. You were watching those cards and you were wa- counting each card individually almost. But you were spreading them, but you weren't. It wasn't like just zip, bang, slap it on the table.
2: No, I, I actually I was surprised that WRX actually got the count right. You know, I was expecting him. <laughs> I, I just I thought it was just about really getting it right, and and I kind of knew I'd be faster than most people.
4: I don't know <laughs> if you were looking, but uh, but if you were, you could see that you were clearly pretty far ahead of him in the I in thought, the fanning. I yeah.
2: saw that. And I slowed down. Yeah. At that point.
3: Yeah. Had against but, all you know, odds, I have to I've say been, this. No, someday I'll get to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did, what did you say, Buff? Had I at against all odds, had I been against Daryl in this position, as soon as you said go, Richard, I would have slammed the deck down and said the count is zero on the two cards removed, which would have been a decent shot at being correct. And a much better chance of winning than actually counting down the deck.
2: Yeah. The next time, let's three
1: cards out.
4: To say minus yeah, you're right. It should be three one. cards. Yeah. What? What? What Wouldn't did Max say?
1: You have to say minus one or plus one because you've got, uh, you've only got three neutral cards and you got five of each of the other. If you're just going to slam the deck down, you should guess minus one or plus one.
4: Yeah. Well, don't give Bob extra help, Max. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um. Uh, oh, I, I know what I was going to say is um, So we had an indoor area and an outdoor area And outside in the gardens There were open bars and dessert stations out there And we did that because a number of people said You know, there are going to be a lot of uh, guests here And they may be bored by the whole, you know competition and all of that stuff. And so we thought, okay, well, if they don't want to watch and listen, that's fine. They can, you know, head outside and and the weather's beautiful and they there's bars out there and all that. Almost nobody went outside. Um, So we had kind of streamlined the whole competition to make it faster because we were worried about people, you know, the, the guests not being interested, but almost everybody stayed inside to watch.
1: They did during that competition, but one thing we did we haven't mentioned as a prelude to coming indoors at 730. We had an hour and a half cocktails and past hors d'oeuvres, and uh, Munchman, you might want to tell him a little bit about Jason England. He was putting on exhibitions with his magic showing how casinos cheated and players cheated casinos, and it's pretty remarkable that much can tell the story
4: yeah so um, we had a blackjack table outside in the gardens and and a big thank you to Jason England for uh doing this and yeah, he was there demonstrating different cheating devices that casinos have used and others that players have used, and you know dealing seconds and showing various sleight of hand moves he brought um he has a collection of old newspapers that were mounted on easels of there was one about a challenge with uh ed thorpe and the against the casinos and you know there were headlines of of when casinos were caught cheating and things like that so yeah he performed people loved it crowded around the table and then they'd see everything they'd move on more people would come and then after the competition he went up on the stage and was able to you know more people were able to go up there and and watch him do stuff and and he brought a little uh giveaway which is a reprint of a catalog of uh a company that would sell cheating devices in from 1931 and and anybody who wanted a copy of that old catalog he would he would give them one so a big thank you to jason england
1: and another thank you i I forgot to thank jason and i forgot to thank uh mark billings who brought He ordered and paid for and we designed some uh, silver anniversary blackjack ball playing cards and every person that came got a commemorative deck of the silver anniversary blackjack ball in a in a special deck of cards they got to take home. And Daryl still has his with him.
4: Yeah, Yeah. yeah, you guys can't see that. So Daryl, you win this giant trophy bottle of champagne and um for some reason uh Don actually made two of these. I don't know why, uh, and I understand you have them both. Uh, what are you going to do with those?
2: Oh, am I supposed to have them both, or is somebody else?
4: Supposed I, to actually, I think one of them is supposed to go to Max. No. Well, they do that no, then.
1: No, they're going to hand paint one for me, but they didn't get it done in time, so they just sent two of the same bottle. But it yeah. looks silly if it says I'm the world champion. At the Silver Anniversary yeah. when you were. So, no, you're supposed to have those. So you can keep one in your summer house. And-
4: you can give <laughs> one to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's just say, as long as we're doing thanks uh, like you guys were uh, just before this question, Max Rubin, who has been putting this thing on for 25 years, and, you know, we meet, each other in the casino sometimes as players and we know each other, but this has provided us with a way to get together, even if it's just once a year for 25 years and, and know each other and learn a little bit more about each other as people. And I have really uh, appreciated that. And then, you know, Munchkin's work lately has been really great, but you know, Max has been doing this for a long time and we owe him a lot, a great deal of thanks for, for what he's done here for us to make a make community out of
1: it. Yeah. Pleasure has been mine. I get to be around people that are much smarter than me, and it's just been a labor of love. It's it's just being able to provide a safe environment so all the people that are out there playing can all get together and be with each other in one place and know that they're safe. It's just worked out that way, and it's it's been pretty successful. Yeah, this was a nice culmination of all those this year, I thought. So what are these bottles worth? A lot. They cost a lot. I don't know what you can sell them for, but I know
2: they cost a lot. What's a lot? Thousands. <laughs> a thousand? Thousands. A thousands? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So now whether you can sell them or not, well, we have one person, we just won't use any names, just call him Pete the Grinder, that he won. We had a bottle <laughs> twice as big as the bottle you got, and but they're too hard to ship and it's, they can't, they can't engrave on them as nicely, or put the artwork on it like yours has. And we said, let's go a smaller one. It's the same width, but it's just much taller. And the first words he said when he came into my house was, well, "Somebody want to buy this, buy this from me." <laughs> he just wanted the money for it. Yep. <laughs> We have people like that in the blackjack world, but uh, I don't know what he did with it. He probably sold the champagne at by the by the glass at a park or something. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I don't know no, what Anthony, he did with it. But.
3: Anthony Curtis won one and waited a year to open it and share it at a blackjack ball after party, and it had already gone flat. Yep. So it was in a uh, room that was not pressure controlled. And so... Um, so Daryl, don't wait too long to figure out what you're gonna do with it.
4: I'm well I not- wouldn't drink if it were me, I wouldn't drink it anyway. I'm more interested in the bottle than the champagne.
2: I what mean it really so. depends on it depends on how much it's worth, you know. <laughs> like, is it worth, you know, is it worth two thousand or $50, oh,
1: not worth it, It's just the value of the bottle. Itself. It's the- As a matter of fact, the company has done one that They've assessed a value on it of something close to three hundred thousand, but the bottle is maybe six feet tall and holds thirty gallons. It's just but also
4: crazy. also Daryl when you know when he says it's might be worth a few thousand. That's if you're paying for it in a nightclub. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like just a giant Magnum yeah. that they sell could cost that. Yeah. But these these uh, these special bottles that are engraved and have all the rest of the stuff, they're they're worth a lot. But only to the person who has them generally. well, who's gonna buy it? I mean it's it's more something to put on your trophy case somewhere, somehow. But it's a nice where's, where's my cup. gross gene cup. You're, That's it. No, no cup, it's the trophy. Gross gene coat trophy now. It's not the cup. We had the munchkin cup for second place.
4: I know, I got cup. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'll trade you a trophy for a bottle. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I might
2: have a gross gene cup and a munchkin cup. Put it right ne- on a shelf, right next to each other.
1: Uh, That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think Munchkin wants one of your bottles.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Max and Daryl. The uh,
1: ladies like the red better, the rose.
3: At the end of our show, we have a recommended where So, Richard, do you have a recommended?
4: Yeah, my uh, recommended is... So, uh, for 20 years or something, I've had uh, four mobile phones with Verizon. And we ended up with a fifth line, but it's not part of my package. And uh, so I found this company called Mint Mobile. Now my Verizon lines cost me $50 each a month. This Mint Mobile is 15 in and that's there's no taxes or anything. It's 15 bucks a month. And so I've been testing it out for the last couple of months and it works every bit as good as the Verizon lines. And so uh, I'm going to end up switching all my phones over. I think that Mint is on the T Mobile network, uh, but I'm not sure. So, uh, anyway, if you're interested in saving money on your. Because I, I just hate, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Verizon. So <laughs> uh, I'm happy that I'm going to be able to get rid of them. So you might check it out, Mint Mobile.
3: My recommended today is Walter Tevis' science fiction books. Now, Walter Tevis wrote three books related to games or gambling, The Hustler, The Color of Money, and The Queen's Gambit, all of which have been made into successful movies. He also wrote three science fiction books. I've read two of them. First one I read is The Man Who Fell to Earth. This has also been made into a movie and a TV series. But today I'm talking about the original novel, which is different than either of the adaptations. An alien lands on Earth with the purpose of sending enough stuff back to his home planet to save it. Since his planet's civilization is more advanced than ours, he's able to introduce a lot of new things to the Earth and it becomes rich from doing so. Eventually, politics gets involved. The second Walter Tevis science fiction book I've recently read is called Mockingbird. It takes place several centuries in the future where everyone survives by taking drugs and living in controlled circumstances. And the earth is on its last generation of people. A few people break away from this. And this story is mainly about those people. Daryl Purpose. Do you have a recommendation?
2: Well, I, I, sure. I have to tell you to go get the song I just released. It's the most blackjack song ever written, perhaps, called Eddie and Jules. You can find it wherever you find music, Spotify, iTunes, and such. Uh, but but what I'd really like to tell you about is this book called Breath that I have read recently, uh, twice. And it's a book about the history of the science of breathing and how to make yourself a lot more healthy and happy by uh, breathing correctly. It's called breath.
4: Very good. Who would have thought you would need to learn how to breathe?
2: Who would have thought? Exactly.
4: (laughs) Is it like a meditation kind of book or, or?
2: It's, it's about all things. It does have some breath breathing exercises, but, and it is a lot about breathing through your nose and how incredible that is, uh, in terms of an effect on your health, but, um, but it's also about the history of all that and what they've missed and what they haven't missed and what the state of the science is right now. And it's got some real good ideas, uh, for being, uh, healthy.
4: Yeah. yeah.
3: I would think breathing is important to all of us, but to a singer even more so. So yes. All right. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Daryl.
2: Okay. Well,
1: I had one thing I would recommend. Oh, and if you if you want to learn a lot about blackjack and what's going on and maybe even get a leg up on the next blackjack ball, blackjackreview.com. And it's got everything about blackjack history, all the strategies, everything you can find. And it's got all the winners of the blackjack balls. It's got all the members of the blackjack hall of fame. It's got lots of really good stuff. And that's Michael Dalton's, isn't it, Munchkin? Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's really done well. And he's going to be helping us with the uh, Blackjack Hall of Fame with the photos and our website and that sort of thing. But blackjackreview.com is a, is a great site to go to to learn about Blackjack. And if you're going to learn the game, learn all the free stuff you can. And the the uh, Colin Jones will tell you that too with Blackjack Apprentice. Before you sign on to his, go learn everything you can that's free and then pay him the fee to join. And then he'll get you ready to go out there and actually play for money. Okay, that's it. Thank you, Max.
3: Thank you, Daryl. Thank you, Richard. Go out and hit lots of royal flushes, everybody.
1: Good day. Okay, see ya.
4: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.